Welcome back to the latest episode of the CGA Tour Podcast. As always here, I'm your host, Calvin Glenn Alexander. And on this episode of the podcast, I'm joined by Oliver Ting. How's it fellow, going? Fellow class in SAS alum. Yeah. As uh, Oklahoma State has not been doing that great in football. So wanted to switch it up, talk a little bit about the NBA. You know, you know, it's a uh, do it. I'm hype. Sure. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for joining as always. Great to have people in person too. Cool. Yeah. yeah, I'm glad to check out check out your space, check out your equipment. This is legit. Yeah, yeah, thanks so much. So basically we're gonna get into here is talk some hoops, talk some NBA predictions. Um for what, nine games and ten games. Early. Yeah, you know, early, early on in the season. Perfect here. timing for some overreactions. Yeah. Some early, early NBA season overreactions. Oh yeah. Yeah. So we should be pretty darn good. Um but I'll let you go ahead and start it off here with We'll, we'll do one team from each conference we think is going to make the playoffs last year. Okay. Yeah, that missed last that missed yeah, the year yeah, before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll start off here with this on that. And then yeah, we'll kind of get it. into, we each have like an NBA hot take kind of prepped, for ready sure. to go here. As well as a Russell Westbrook segment for everyone in LA and everyone Gotta in Oklahoma City in, in between who wants to hear the true Oklahoma City fans give a Westbrook take. So I'll start out here with this. I think that the Detroit Pistons will make the play-in games i'm not saying the playoffs i'm saying the play-in i think they could be top 10 that's not even your hot take that's that's just that's your, not the hot that's take not that's, even the, that's hot the take. team that like missed last year that i think what? would be better this year yeah what that's that's okay. not the hot take that's just i think this team last year was really okay yeah i mean the pistons were honestly horrible they finished top three in the league i think or top five and like the best draft odds so yeah. it's not this is not like a Oh my gosh, I think the Pistons are the second coming of whoever. But I think right now as constructed, they could be doing pretty darn good. Yeah. They could they could make top ten. So here's what has to happen for them to do that though. Currently, they have two wins on the season. So they're already at an uphill battle. Fully mm-hmm. aware of that. Last year they finished with a twenty three and fifty nine record. And as you're looking at it last year, you have the Brooklyn Nets, the Atlanta Hawks, the Cleveland Cavaliers, and the Charlotte Hornets, who finished six through ten last year. Mm-hmm. I basically am saying I think the Pistons will take the Hornets spot there. Okay, that's I, fair. I, you know, that you know, I, I, I'm not, I don't think I'm coming out here yet. Just absolutely out of the cannon um, with something in, insane. Once but, you break it down, that makes oh, we're good. We're good. Okay, yeah, yeah, we're good. We're good. Okay. Yeah, we'll just get the mic okay. a little closer. Once you, you break it down. I feel like that makes more sense because I definitely think the Pistons are going to be more. The Pistons are going to be better than the Hornets, but Pistons, I just think it's going to be such a crucial year to tank. You know, it's just such a it's it's the year. It's the generational year to tank. Yeah. And then if if Detroit's so close to the bottom, I think you you go down instead of going up. Right. It's like you race. If you're the Pistons, you got to race to the bottom like you're not racing to the top. So so here's the other part of it. The Pistons schedule, right? They play, you know, every team kind of plays their whole like thing together a little bit at this point. But, but there's like the divisional opponents are not as crucial. Like when the Pistons, the Pistons used to play the Bucks like all the time. That doesn't really happen that much anymore. They still do play a lot of, you know, teams that are in the Eastern Conference, of course. And that's who more of the teams they play against. When I'm thinking about the Pistons, I'm like, okay, well, this year, for example, you have Utah. Utah, worse than the Pistons, right? 
Like how many yeah. teams can sure. I go through basically here and go worse, let's go worse than the Pistons? In the e- yeah, let's go in the East. I'm looking at this here. Pacers for sure. Mm-hmm. Magic, mm-hmm. Hornets, mm-hmm. Wizards, mm-hmm. Knicks, right? The, that's the yep. bottom. That's the bottom here. And then, yeah, how many of those teams? Okay, so let's let's break it down. It's like 23 wins last year. How many wins do you think to make the play the play in? So last year the Hornets needed 43. To make 43, the 43 wins for the Pistons. The, yeah, that's high. 43. So that's that's, that's over 500. I so I sorry I said on like the NBA preseason preview yeah. podcast with Zev. I think we're going to see tanking like no other. Adam Silver sure. has already come out yeah. ten games in the season said we're watching it. Panicked. I think the Pistons are like, wait a second. Why why do we need to tank? Does Victor Wembanyama fit this team? Well, yeah, he fits any team. Why wouldn't you want him? Yeah. But are the Pistons like, let's sell our souls? Oh, I'm selling my soul. If I, I'm as a Thunder fan. If if I'm any team in the NBA, I'm selling my unless you're so close to the top, I feel like the race to the bottom is like more exciting. That's how like good Wembenyama is. The race to the bottom is more exciting than the race. I, to the I've top. seen a couple of tweets that are like every year the NBA should just have the fourth worst team by record have the number one overall pick. You'd see crazy things happening yeah. in the season, jockeying for position. <laughs> You're winning one, sitting guys, you starting one. guys. <laughs> you have all this crazy stuff happening. But in that idea, I think the Pistons are going to go. Okay, so like, why don't we try? Because yeah. we, I think all those teams you named. I think the Hornets, Knicks. Wizards, Pacers, Magic gonna be are bad. all going to go, what are we doing? I, sure. I, I think all those teams are going to go, well, I, our G League guys need some run. You know, I mean, they're going to do kind of like, I don't want to say the Thunder model because that sounds bad and sounds yeah. like the Thunder are like doing all on purpose, which who wouldn't? But for sure, I think that's going to be the deal of like, you're going to have like one Eastern Conference team and one Western Conference team who's like, kind of looks themselves in the mirror and goes, well, theoretically, we should tank. In theory, mm-hmm. but in theory, 14 teams in each conference should tank besides like for sure, like the Celtics and Warriors shouldn't tank. But yeah. Besides that, everyone two, else like and then the Celtics might even go like, well, we'd like Wimbledon. So I should just refer him to Victor because I put his name three times already. <laughs> but that's that's I think the deal here. I think the Pistons have a have a chance to make the playoffs, basically make the play in switch with the Hornets. Right. And I also don't think the Bulls will be that healthy the whole year. So I think the Bulls are one of those teams where, all right, they finished six last year. They were really good. DeMar DeRozan was on a tear. This year, they're you know not doing horrible. They're fine. We're 10 games in. I don't know how much to draw from that. So I'm, I'm thinking here, Pistons, and yes, I did used to work for them, and yes, I, I do understand that I probably have some bias here. They beat the Warriors, though. Like, their two wins this year is Magic and Warriors. I like it. Their, their losses are all against teams that are going to make the playoffs except for well the Pacers and Wizards so I I like it I like it. all right that's a, it's, a, that's it's a, a tough one it's take. a tough one to start out do with you want to go through the east what the east would look like in in Calvin's yeah. in Calvin's reality here where the the Pistons make uh the play-in so so locks here Bucks Celtics Nets Sixers Cavs Heat Raptors right that's that's seven do we agree on we agree on those Net, seven. Nets is iffy, but I'm with you. Ooh, net, yeah, Net's, yeah, yeah. Nets is a whole, like, I don't think we want to talk about Kyrie Irving. I'm going to just steer clear. KD, though, might might be gone. Like, K, oh, like KD you think could there's a chance crazy. that yeah. KD does it. I think what if, what if yeah, Kyrie Irving sure. just, like, doesn't sure. see the court this year? Again. Yeah, sure. You know, Definitely. I mean, there's 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 a Nets possible, but that's one team. So let's, I'm, I'm saying, yeah, I'm saying the Nets, the Hornets, and the Bulls. I don't know if those are locks. Okay. You know, those three teams that made the 
playing that made at least the top 10 last year. I don't know if they're locks sure. to make it this year. We haven't even, we haven't even got to the well, Hawks and the bulls yet. Right. We, I already, we're already seven deep, just, just to the Raptors. Then the Hawks and bulls makes nine. Right. So yeah, Hawks, bulls, what Cavs are Nets, a lock for sure. Yeah. Cavs. I feel like even though heat have gotten off real slow, it's like, you can't, you can't bet against Miami, not making right. playoffs. Well, they That's have too many good crazy. players to yeah. miss the playoffs completely. Um, yeah, so Hawks, Bulls, Nets, someone, someone's got to take that spot. Like the Pacers are currently seventh. That won't stay. The Cavs are currently second. They may be number one. I don't know. The Donovan Mitchell thing looks like an insanely good trade. Mm-hmm. But like the Wizards, they're not going to stay. Yeah, that for nine. Sure. Base, basically, are the Pistons going to be better than the Hornets is kind of, and the Wizards? is kind of the line. And the Wizards yeah. and the Knicks, right? Right. Those are kind of the three. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's it's possible. That's, it's that's possible. definitely a believable. That's a that's a good take. All right, I'll believe that. Um, my see now this feels like not hot at all, right? But it's like I'm really high on. Um, I guess this also goes into my hot take. But this I'm really high on um, the Portland Trailblazers. I think Anthony Simmons. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Talk about talk about a lock to make the playoffs this year that didn't make last year. Right. It's like. Oh, I'm I'm just excited in general to watch Dame have a team that I feel like can defend a little bit. You know, it's like has any little bit of defense. And I feel like it's a weird year in like there's so much there's so much going on, like especially Western Conference, like every single one of those teams has an issue, like something that you can point to that there's something going on in that locker room on that team, some sort of upheaval. So it's like. Portland might make a good little run at it this year. That, that I, I think that's a, I think that's a good take because with with CJ McCollum gone from Portland, I think that helps Dame. I I, I, I think I think Jeremy Grant coming like the Blazers needing a guy to play defense, yes. like a universal defender. Like the Blazers, whenever they played the Thunder and we had Roberson, it was yeah. almost, would we trade McCollum for Roberson straight up right now? Any Thunder fan and anyone would be, yeah, of course you take McCollum. But would would Dane be like, well, okay, hang on a second. Like Roberson actually plays incredible defense. And then I don't have to, because yes. Lillard's just undersized. Yeah. He's just not, he's he he's going to deal with the same issue that some dude who's five, six is going to have guarding me. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just six foot two. You know, there's just a height disparity between basically any guard you play against besides CP3. Yeah. It was a huge problem. Like watching those trailblazers, like we're, we're Thunder fans. Like we know what those trailblazers teams yeah. did without really doing anything. The wave goodbye yeah. thing, like oh. in the like tap in my wrist. Like, Crushed. okay, cool. Yeah, you're a trailblazers fan. All right, hats off to you. Effectively, what else have you done? Ended our franchise. Effectively ended our franchise, yeah. like as is. Um, but I think if you were a Trailblazers fan, just watching those CJ uh, Dame teams just get but like two of the greatest bucket getters in the league, just clutch bucket after clutch buckets. You just can't get stopped. You just can't make deep runs because that team just couldn't get stops to save their lives. And it's like, oh, what if we were it's like what if we were like a Jeremy Grant away from making a deep playoff run? Literally just a. Just a Jeremy Grant away from away from really taking oh. a stab at this. Well, and this this kind of goes to like a whole like Thunder philosophy here. But 
every single every single NBA fan who I've ever had on the podcast who's not a Thunder fan roasts Sam Presti over the James Harden trade, mm-hmm. right? I always try to bring up this fact. James Harden did not care about playing defense when he was a Thunder. Oh, player. yeah. Like, he, there's a difference. He, at some point, realized, I have to at least theoretically care. Right. Like, in theory, because there still are, I mean, if you put in YouTube search results of Shaq and a fool, James Harden not mm-hmm. playing defense comes up as one of the top yeah. things. But, okay, Damian Lillard now has guys behind him who can come off the bench, who 100%. can play starting minutes, yeah. whatever. I mean, Josh Hart. Josh Hart's a okay. great pickup. Great yeah. pickup for them. Great, great Gary pickup. Payton Gary coming Payton. back is going to be hopefully big for them. But I mean, it's not even, I don't even think it's that deep. It's just like you got dudes that's motto is defense. Like you have, I really think it's like anything at all. Dame's such a flamethrower that it's like, if you can get stop, crucial stops at the other end in just key moments, like Dame will do the rest, right? It's like. And if you can have this Jaden Sharp guy who. Yeah. Something's got to be explained why he didn't play Kentucky basically. Yeah. But. Regardless of that, if he can be the sixth man off the bench and he can just do something, that team can be pretty lethal. Like, and a lot of fun at the end of the day. I mean, I'm not saying I think the Pistons are going to be top five in the East. Mm -hmm. You're not saying I don't think the Blazers are going to make a contention for like a run. But if I think one of those two teams go farther, it'd be the Blazers. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, That's my, we'll we'll, we'll get into that. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, it's, yeah. It's just, it's just, it's a lot of fun watching the NBA right now because For sure. and this kind of brings a larger point. LeBron James is on the decline. Mm-hmm. He's in year 20. Tom Brady's yeah. on the decline. I mean, you know, have, yeah. once you reach a certain amount of years, you know, you and I, athletically speaking, will be yeah. on the decline here in like three to four years. Oh, right? I'm, like, I'm, you know, once I'm absolutely toast. I'm, I mean, we, we played yeah. literally when we played basketball the other day yeah. and it was like Calvin and I played pickup the other day and it was probably 10 minutes in high ankle sprain immediately. <laughs> Just out for like four weeks, ten minutes in. Well, third I, I, I mean, you were getting guarded pretty physically. <laughs> I'll defend you a little bit there, but like, I, it wasn't me guarding you, but you know, I didn't injure you. But um, with all that being said, like, because LeBron's phasing out, because CP3 is phasing out, because KD's phasing out, all this type of stuff. Yeah, we all of a sudden get to be fans of players again. Yeah, like I don't have to be an anti-LeBron or a pro-LeBron fan. Yeah. I don't have to like, and I can just go. Okay, yeah, it's still, I don't love watching the Blazers because the Damian Lillard, like, you know, waving goodbye thing, like, it's still an imprinted memory because you're right, because it changed the whole. Sam Price that night probably went over to Paul, Paul George and was like, you sure you don't want to request a trade? Yeah. Are you are this, you sure you don't want out? Because we, this is this is our peak. This is the end you, here, you, yeah. We're done. Yeah. Like, it, it, Utah last Dame year, Blazers us. this year, we're done. Like, yeah. if you want to request a trade, we'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. But still, the, the Blazers are a lot of fun to watch. Like, they're the, just... Exactly. A lot like, of fun to watch. Like you're saying this, like, I think like there was this great like fear for like the Le- post LeBron NBA, the post KD NBA. It's like, oh, what is this? What is this league going to be after like the death of like our childhood heroes yeah. essentially? And now it's like the perfect timing where it's like, oh, we're like starting into the post LeBron NBA and like the league is in great hands. Like the league has like the best parody. It's like the most exciting time to be an NBA fan from like for as far as I can remember, like young stars are, are taking over the league just as at the exact same time that like our childhood superheroes are kind of like slowly fading out. So it's perfect. Well, all right. Well, this, this, this adds a follow-up question. So of all these like guys who are emerging, right? Yeah. The theoretical guys that were emerging 
three years ago was, oh, Giannis, Booker, you know, I'm kind of blanking on a couple others here, but let's say Giannis, Booker. Yeah. I mean, the the Bradley Beal, the, the guys were like, oh, they're Trey uh, Young, for example, yeah. but Trey Young's a little bit younger. So he's right. got so Like De'Aaron time. Fox. De'Aaron was Fox. Have taken uh, Jalen Brown, right you know, mm-hmm. was the guy who's been in the league since 2016. Yeah. Um, Jimmy Butler. But like, let's say yeah. Jimmy Butler, Devin Booker, Giannis, like those three guys. It was, oh, well, these guys are going to carry the league. These guys are Casey Butler went the finals run, He, you know, and all that stuff. I kind of feel like that's not the case. Like, I feel like those three guys, they're guys. Mm -hmm. There's just, the NBA is a lot more fun when we're not seeing, oh, it's LeBron and the Cavs versus the Warriors and Curry and then KD and like four years in a row. It's a lot more fun when right now, if I said, I'll give you a hundred bucks and I'll make a deal with you. I'll give you a hundred bucks if you pick one of the two teams that makes the finals. But if you're wrong, you have to give me 25 bucks. Like, would you take that deal? Oh, immediately. Oh, just give you, me? Well, but, but would you take the deal? Oh, because oh it's you're saying big, it's a because, great parody. Because like, yeah, yeah because there's so yeah, many yeah, different teams yeah, you could yeah. pick between. I don't know if like, you know, we could up the money to be like a thousand and two fifty or whatever, right? Fair to make enough. it like a little more dramatic. But I don't think I'd take the deal because I'd be going, I just don't, I don't trust the Celtics to make it back. I don't trust the Warriors to make it back. By the same point, I do just right now, 10 games in, I don't know what anything's going to look like. So I have a, I have a, I have a caveat to that, yeah. but I agree with what you're saying. There's probably like 10, like there's probably 10 teams that you can point to right now. It's like these, these 10 teams could hypothetically make it to the NBA finals, right? right? Like right. I feel good about, oh, like it's deep, right? It's really deep. But I feel like the only reason I'd take that, if you have me lock in the bucks, I'd lock in the bucks at four to one. Right. It's like two teams. I really think I really think we're talking about who's taking over. Giannis is just going to run through the league, I feel like, for the next few years. And I feel like the league is going to be belong to Giannis for the next few years. Really? But at the same okay. time, like like you're saying, like the stars now that we really are like, oh, who's next up? It's like Luca is next up. Jaws next up. That guy's you three years ago, not on the radar at all. Right. It's like as taking over the league. I just, I like Devin Booker. The Suns won yeah. 64 games last year. That's mm-hmm. crazy. But they fell apart in the playoffs to, to the map. He seems like, like he needed Chris Paul, right? He's like, yeah. you would have thought he'd be the number one guy, like do it on his own. He's, he, for that run, he really, really needed Chris Paul to be that guy. I think the Suns, the Suns could have been amazing. Like they could have had a dynasty run. But they need to get Chris Paul before, like they need to make for that sure. trade for Chris Paul yeah. with Jay, with uh, Russell Westbrook, or whatever trade that happened. Mm-hmm. They need to get Chris Paul before the Thunder did, and mm-hmm. that was their yeah. And the fact they didn't like capitalize on that. Chris Paul's good. He needs to. I mean, he's got a good backup quarterback yeah. at this point. But like, we'll take that uh, as Thunder fans because that was a great year. Oh that was gosh. a great year of Thunder basketball, honestly. But yeah, it it, it is kind of tough seeing one of his prime years being in OKC as opposed to say like a Phoenix where they could have made a great run at it. And, and Chris Paul maybe could have got his chip as opposed to being one of the great ringless yeah. uh, NBA legends. Well, you think about it this way too. Their Timberwolves have been to the playoffs less recently than the Thunder or well, I mean the, the after the, like winning the play in and that type mm-hmm. of stuff, you know, whatever. Like I think last year, actually the last year, the Timberwolves were seventh and whatever, but there's so many teams that like the Thunder were better than in 2020, mm-hmm. and then they've just completely gone. Yeah, screw it. We we reached the peak. Yeah. But like, I mean, I'll ask you the SGA question. 
Yes, like, okay. I've been waiting for that. Okay. Is SGA on the Thunder in five years from now? Oh, okay. I feel like as a Thunder homer, yes. But as like a like objective NBA fan, probably not. Because SGA just, I mean, one, I, I think it's like, this is a really important season because it's like, I'm sure SGA is like at super odds with, okay, we we want to go for Wimbledon. I want to go as a Thunder fan, want to go for Wimbledon. Che, like you were saying two years ago, was like, oh, on that list of players under like 23, 22 years old, Che was like one of the premier young players in the league. Like there's not very many players you take over him at his age. Now, like that, that list is like pretty stacked for the players at Shea's age and under. So it's like, if I was Shea, I'd be pissed, right? It's like, I've just been kind of on the shelf for a couple of years while watching all these dudes that I think are like not nearly as good as me get passed me up, right? Because the Thunder's kind of put me on a shelf and it's worked out for us, right? It's like, it's, we have one of the brightest futures I really feel like do in the league. But if I'm Shea, I'm like, I'm getting disrespected for how cold I am and how good I am. And I should be a multiple time all-star at this point. And I'm not getting the respect that I deserve. I totally agree because if, if Shay is playing for, I mean, I don't want to say any other team, but if Shay's playing for a playoff contender and he's in the playoffs, like would you, t- Shay, Jamal Murray. Shay. Yeah. That's a tough one because yeah. Jamal was injured, but like yeah. Shay, John Morant. Everyone in the entire world would say John Moran. 100%. As a Thunder homer, I want to say Shea, but I got to say John Moran. Yeah. Like, I, got, I have to say John Moran. Right. It's, it's not, is Shea better than John Moran? Is it closer than we think, though? I feel That's, like definitely, yeah. right? I mean, Shea... So, I, I think Shea is not on the Thunder in five years because of two reasons. In five years, he'll be 29. He's 24 right now. That does, doesn't sync up with, like, a Thunder timeline. That's like just, crazy, that's, right? Because the dude's just been in the league for a while, too. Yeah. I mean, Giddy is 20. Yeah. yeah. What's what's really weird is Giddy's almost 10 years younger than us. But yeah. Giddy's 20. And, you know, the rest of the Thunder lineup, like Trey Mann is young. I don't know if he's here for the long haul or if he'll be dealt because he mm-hmm. could be. I mean, there's only like three guys I'd say, yeah, I think they'll be on the Thunder in three years from now. And yeah. three years from now is enough where I'd go, Okay, probably our draft picks this year. Usman Diang, Jalen Williams, the L Jalen, not the mm-hmm. Y Jalen. Not, yeah. not, not the I literally Googled the, that before yeah, I came on because I was like, guy. I don't want to mix up my Jalen Williams yeah. before I hop on Calvin's podcast. Oh, here. Well, th- thanks. But. Yeah. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> but then like and Giddy. Like I think those are like, you know, I mean, Giddy, Diang, and, and Trey Man, if I had to guess. Or, you know, and Jalen Williams. I guess there's like four then. But and of course, Chet. So I should say five. Chet, Chet's yeah. not even on the depth chart here because he's injured. But those five players, I feel like, will be on the Thunder in three years. But I, other than that, so I guess maybe the better question is: Does Shea ever get in? In is Shea a number one option on a championship team? Five, like regardless of what team he's on, is Shea is SGA number one option on a team that can get you to or win the NBA? Yes, but yes. almost only the, it has to be like this Thunder team. In a perfect world, I think the Thunder are building a lineup that is switchable at all spots, mm-hmm. is long at all spots, mm-hmm. and has a lesson to play just in crazy amount of good defense at all at all spots, mm-hmm. but relative to their size. Giddy's 6'8", 
Shea's six six, Chet's seven foot. Um, the Jalen Williams, who's from Santa Clara, the Jalen with the L, mm-hmm. he's insanely long and talented too, and he plays like a guard. I mean, he plays like Shea basically. For I sure. mean, if you if you're doing a backup, like that's oh, he's backup. yeah, he's gonna be in the league for a very long time. But it's sure. got to be kind of like a Thunder team like that, where okay, SGA's getting the ball last second, you know, but also maybe Chet gets a last second block. Like mm-hmm. it's just Shea's the number one option, but he's the number one option by like a hair. You know, it's just he's not he's not he's he's not see, the, he's yeah. not taken over. I see. He's yeah. just taken he's taken over spots. He's not like the clear and above. Oh my gosh! You know, if you're doing the NBA 2K rankings, like in this in this perfect scenario, Shea's the number one option, but he's like rated like a 92 overall, and then Chet's like a 91, and you know, Giddy's like a 90 or whatever, right? Like they're all right there. It's just Shea's just barely above because he's so good at what he does. Yeah, I love that. I feel like that's. I feel like that's not disrespectful. That's yeah. that's high praise for Shea. Because there's how many dudes in the league are there that even, oh, like, like right, oh, with the caveat, oh, he can win you the NBA Finals with the caveat that he has a 1B with him, right? right. He'll, he can be 1A, but he needs a 1B. Like, he he's not going to get it done if his if his second person is Chris Middleton, right? It's like, yeah. you're going to need, you're, he's not going to be Giannis, right? Um, But I feel like, oh, if, if Shea can get there, I'm, this this Thunder team is going to be even regard like we're we're kind of arguing whether he's going to be there or not. But I mean, if that's Shea's peak, psh, amazing. That's we'll beautiful. Yeah, that's that's beautiful. I will absolutely take that. Even Wembenyama or no Wembenyama on the Thunder team, I think that I think the future for this Thunder team is like really really bright. But at the same time, there's like a lot of teams that have bright young futures, right? I think Rosillo is saying that's like, oh, this is like maybe the best core in the NBA. But the oh, there's so many young cores in the NBA that are so good that are about to take over this league. If if the league does expand, gets to 32, and we see what Seattle and Vegas is what's rumored right now, which I think will happen at some point, then that I think brings it back down where everything's a little bit more normal. We're not seeing just super competitive games. Like you're not seeing the Magic beat the Warriors in a random game, mm-hmm. you know, and take that game team to overtime in the first 10 games of the season. It's a lot of fun watching that, of course. And I honestly love how the NBA is right now, so I wouldn't touch it. But then again, Seattle and Vegas are big enough markets. They'll probably get teams. It's just right now, as you're saying, there's such a good core. There's such a great amount of talent on every single team. You would hope that the talent will still remain. Like all these guys come in the league, like Scoot Henderson, where's he going to fit in? Yeah. Like, let's say he's drafted by the Rockets. Yeah. Okay. Well, they already have plenty of guards. They don't need another one. I feel like though, at some point it's like, if the ceiling is that high, you just take them. And then it's like almost if, which is crazy thing about, it's like, Oh, if Jalen green doesn't paint out, you just whoosh, done. You just, okay. Yep. Scoop. This, this is your team now. Right. Which is crazy to think about. Cause it's like Jalen green is probably one of the highest, like just potentials for like in the NBA, what is, what is Jalen green worth? Like a million first rounders. Yeah. And like, Jalen green, uh, scoot both G league guys, you know, who did the G league type of route too. They play yeah. G league ignite. And so, okay. All right. One didn't work out. All right. We'll just flip right to the next yeah, one for because sure. it's just like, Oh, just well draft that's, talent. that's the second best guy. Yeah. yeah. It was like, Oh, was it Kate or Jalen green coming, you know, coming out and it's like, well, it's clearly Kate. Everyone knows it's Kate. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, but at the very end there, it's like, Maybe Jalen Green. Yeah. Maybe Jalen Green. And you see some okay, Jalen well, Green highlights. You can like, you can flip guys, real quick. Guy's crazy good. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm about thirty minutes in. I gotta have my hot take here. Yeah. All I right. Like it. I so like it. my hot take is, is that the Lakers should 
have never traded for Anthony Davis. Okay, I, I'm gonna need some and so, context. And I'm so gonna need to rewind it here. Here's, here's where we're break it down for me. LeBron James was is no matter what one of the best players we've ever seen in 2020. There's a lot of guys who could have played alongside him for him to win a championship in 2020. Should they have traded for him? Clearly, as a fan of a team who has not won a championship, I would take a championship over not taking a championship. I would make that trade every day of the week if I was Lakers again in their shoes. But as I've learned living out here in L.A. and as I've learned just hearing from Lakers fans, this may be the most impatient fan base I've ever seen. Like, when I think of the Patriots, it's like, oh, well, they can't have three bad years. No, they can't have two bad years. Mm-hmm. Like, they're, they're all of a sudden like, the we missed the playoffs. Like, well, yeah. hang on a second. What are we doing here? We have to, right? Lakers is the same thing. We have all of this together. What are we doing? And Anthony Davis was a great trade for one year of a championship that just unfortunately wasn't going to be, is not going to be able to be as celebrated as other championships will be because it was in the bubble. Regardless of how everyone feels about that, the Lakers, if they could do it again, probably don't. I don't, if they go, okay, we made this trade and then three years from now, we're being held hostage almost over our 27th or our 2027 and 2029 first round draft picks to try to get another championship mm-hmm. this year or try to get the playoffs this year. And this Russell Westbrook guy who we got, all of our fans love and hate every other day of the week and mostly hate, like mostly despise, where now we're starting Patrick Beverly over Russell Westbrook. Mm-hmm. Like it's just gone from being... Oh, great. We won another one. Yay, there's a ring. Oh, LeBron got a ring in a Lakers uniform. He's wearing purple and gold, yada, yada, too. Oh, my God. LeBron's watched. The whole team's watched. Anthony Davis sucks. And, like, Anthony Davis deserves a lot more discredit, I think, than Westbrook, just because he's been injured. Like, he's a decent player. He's he's not bad. He's an all-star probably every year he's healthy, but he's he's played in half the games since he's joined the Lakers. And that's got to be worth That's got to be saying something. Yeah, I feel like that's the whole bit, right? It's like we're obviously like still in the midst of it, right? But it's like what is what are championships worth if it's just a complete like this is the definition of flash in a pan, right? Mm-hmm. It's like they made that huge bubble run, which is I think it could be argued both ways. That's either like the greatest and of course LeBron argues it, oh, that's the greatest championship oh, ever, right? Championship like imagine ever uh, yeah, all uh type of stuff. Right. And I really feel like that's either the greatest championship or that's like the asterisk people like to try to put an asterisk on it right where it's like oh that's like in the bubble like players played differently and had mental uh, like different mental struggles that they don't have normally right so that's like oh that's a very specific season and a specific championship that isn't applicable to a normal season or something like that but at the same time that was like the lakers first post kobe championship that was that was like at a time when it was just like pure unadulterated, like joy watching that bubble season happen. Cause we needed it. So like in the sports world, like we were really like starving for sports so bad and starving for anything like positive in the world so bad that I feel like to me, that was just such a great moment for sports that winning that championship, I think is maybe more valuable than other championships, you know, with all the context, but at the same time, you're right. It's like they were terrible before that championship. They're going to be terrible for the foreseeable future, maybe after that championship. So, like, what is that championship worth if you mortgaged your whole future for it? Well, the other thing I think about, too, here with it is, is that let's say 
say the Lakers don't make the trade, right? They just don't make the trade, and we go back to, okay, the Lakers' third best player right now is Westbrook. Fourth best player is yeah, Lonnie Walker, Patrick yeah, Beverly. I mean, tough. Austin Reeves, Dennis Schroeder when he's healthy. Like, there are... So, at work, they shouted out Matt Ryan, right? Like, during a game at SoFi, there was like, hey, Lakers, Lakers fans, everyone in attendance, like, turn to your video board. Matt Ryan is here. And I was like, who? And it's, oh, a guy who's going to hit, like, a a three-point shot to send the Lakers to overtime the other night. Like, oh, just mm-hmm. a dude. DoorDash. <laughs> a dude. Yeah, a dude who's working for DoorDash who, like, when I put, like, players into, you know, everything, like, I mean, he comes up, but he's wearing a USA jersey. Like, it's, that's a bizarre deal. Yeah. Like, I, if I'm the Lakers, I just, I wonder what the goal was. Like, you're right, because the way you're laying it out, of course, that's a great championship. They, it was, the, I mean, the first, the first one after Kobe, amazing. As someone whose team has not won a championship and as a fan of teams that do not win championships, I mean, I want to talk about it like San Diego Padres, Oklahoma State Athletics, Oklahoma State mm-hmm. Thunder, um, Los Angeles Chargers, even Dallas Cowboys. Like since I've basically been a can can remember, I've been alive since they won. Yeah. It does. It's not easy. So like, would I do those trades? Okay, yes, I would. But would basically here would Lakers fans do that trade again? That's kind of the question here. It's like at this point, wasn't really a celebrated championship necessarily. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, I didn't live here in LA when they won, but I assume people weren't just going nuts in the streets because it was during COVID. Just couldn't, yeah. I'm really curious here if Lakers fans like actually that trade kind of messed us up for forever. I kind of like feel for like another five are. to seven years. Yeah, I kind of feel like the thought the the like the media around this team and the like the perceptions of this team is like in the red. You know, it's it's uh we this team doesn't represent what Los Angeles Lakers fans want out of the Los Angeles Lakers, right? I mean, I just I also think that LeBron James team with with Brandon Ingram, right, with yeah. a couple other guys could have could have possibly won. Like it's it's not out of the realm of possibility yeah. that a team built around really good switchable guys on defense who, yes, Anthony Davis, clutch shot, clutch three, won him a game. Like, without a doubt, awesome. But Davis just hasn't been able to stay on the court. Yeah. And so, and that, I mean, that, that was the trade. So when you have, like, if Anthony Davis had been fully healthy and the Lakers were back in the playoffs last year, I'd sound like an idiot. But it's just, they're not. I get it. They're, they're, not, just, what, they're not what I thought they'd be from that trade. There's you know? much more bet like the the highs were so high, but overwhelmingly since since that the bads have it's just been all it's been mostly bad, right? It's been mostly bad besides that bubble run, um, and it's tough just as fans like going to the stadium and having like I think especially like you see all these teams that are so excited about their team, like all these young teams that's like. Oh, I don't even care if we win a championship. Like, imagine being a fan in Cleveland right now. You, oh, I would man. be so hype uh, to be living in Cleveland and going to one of those games on a Tuesday night. You just be, you'd be besides yourself, excited about going to watch your team play. And that's like just not the case for either of our LA teams right now. And that's, I think it's tough to see from a fan perspective. So I definitely get that. And just to kind of recap here, 
the Pelicans existing haul from the Anthony Davis trade as of today, recording this here. Brandon Ingram, Jackson Hayes, Herb Jones, Garrett Temple, CJ McCollum, Larry Nance Jr., Dyson Daniels, a 23 first round swap option with the Lakers, 24 or 25 first round pick, whichever thing they want, and a Bulls, I mean, a Bulls second rounder next year. So there's just a lot of guys where the team's dirty. Yeah. That, that team right there, if all of a sudden you have Brandon Ingram leading the team with Jackson Hayes, Herb Jones, McCollum, Dyson Daniels, Larry Nance, and Gary Temple are worth mentioning, I guess. I think that team could be like, oh, that team's the one that started out in Seattle. They're they're not going to be the worst team in the entire league. And there's, yes, Dyson Daniels was a draft pick this past year. Yes, the Garrett Temple and the CJ McCollum ones weren't in that trade necessarily. But that what they got from the Hall is at least worth going. Well, should they have? Should they have done the trade? For sure, I should feel like that's. I think yeah, that's exactly it. That's like the the Pelicans may not ever do anything but they're one of the most exciting teams and talk about the amount of players you can point to and be like i'm excited about that player they have a ton of players that you're going to point to it's like i'm excited about that player how many players do the lakers have that you point to and you're like i'm excited about what the future looks like for that player oh yeah like we if we did a league pass rankings yeah of most fun teams to watch lakers are not making my top 20 out of the 30 teams because when the lakers win it's a oh, cool, I guess they won type mm-hmm. of deal. Or, oh, they pulled it out because something crazy happened in the game. That's what made it fun. Not, oh, or LeBron just decided to go off for 40 and willed the team to victory. But it's not like a bunch of brand new or exciting, like, flashes of talent. Yeah. It's like, this is this is a LeBron James roster built all around him. And the opposite of that is Pelicans may be number one on that list of league of league pass teams where it's like, I want to see something fresh. I want to see something new. I want to go watch the Pelicans play. Like, cause BI is, is as, as much of a joy to watch as anyone in this league, regardless of whatever you think about him. And Zion, the Zion comeback narrative is probably one of the most exciting narratives of the entire NBA season this year. Oh yeah. And then you have guys like, Okay, Dyson Daniels, G League Knight player, top 10 draft pick last year. Herb Jones making some noise, at least, for rookie of the year last year. Herb's got, like, that cult yeah. following. Herb Jones, you're either on the Herb Jones bus or you're not on the Herb. Either Herb Jones is the great, is the next coming of, you know, defensive, like, a defensive god, or you're like, who is Herb Jones? Like, Yeah, I... I mean, and, and Zion doesn't have to be incredible to have an awesome game. Like, Zion's most recent game here, played 37 minutes, had 29 points, 11 of 20 from the field, didn't make a three. Like, cool. Yeah, I mean, it's just... Every night, Zion, Zion's at your throat, for sure. I mean, he's 6'6", 284. Like, that's just supposedly at least 284 and 6'6". Like, that's just... There's so much going on with Zion here. And so. it's kind of crazy seeing like in a league of freaks, just a dude that's like, oh, that guy is by far the most freakishly athletic. I'm bigger. I'm stronger. Do something about it. What are you, you, you can't do anything about it type of dudes. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, like if you're, if you're a Pels fan Wednesday night, catch me at the stadium for sure. Oh, for, oh, without doubt. All right. Well, so do you want to give your odd take or we're going to have the rust My- discussion here? 
Uh, either or. I think we kind of went over it. My hot take was it was we kind of already went over it. That's I think I'm just really excited about that. Talk about like the dark horses. We got like your mm-hmm. NBA staples, like the Bucks, the Warriors. We're not really worried about them. Um, but who of that kind of second, third tier team make may make a good run? Because I really do think at the end of the day, like this is going to be a Milwaukee championship. We're kind of just rearranging oh, deck okay. chairs here. I really do. They're I think unbeaten Giannis right now. Is yeah. that inevitable. But I really think like who's going to make this this season exciting? Who's going to make a, a run at it? It's like Cleveland's been really talked about as one of the dark horse teams. I really think, I really love how Cleveland is constructed. And I really like, I'm excited about how um, Portland is constructed, honestly. I really think Dame is like, talk about inevitable players. I really think Dame is one of those dudes. And this seems like the best team that Dame has had. Um, maybe in his whole career, honestly. Um, and then Dame still got the juice, like Dame still being Dame. Um, so I really feel like we've been over this, but I I really feel like I'm watching Cleveland. I'm watching, uh, Portland to do something, uh, unexpected for sure. This, this postseason. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I think, I think Portland could be a great, a lot of fun to watch. Do you feel like the the Heat might be able to contend against Giannis though? I mean, is this I, is it that easy for him? I, the Heat, I don't know. I feel like the Heat get carried by oh, like Jimmy Butler is a G, and then their culture is just unrivaled, right? Where it's like, but I feel like Miami is always in that almost like before Milwaukee got over the hump. You know, where mm-hmm. where Milwaukee's like, oh, they're always in there, but they just can't ever get over the hump somehow and then they just broke through and, and they're now obviously obviously over the hump but but I feel like Miami somehow is like in there every year and just I fully expect to never get over the hump unfortunately yeah I kind of feel like that 2020 year when they played LeBron yeah, and the Lakers over that the was that was their year yeah that was kind of their their deal because as much as I like Duncan Robinson and feel like he's a good player they had to pay him they have to pay Tyler Hero. They have to pay like, and I don't know. They just have, they just have to keep paying. Like they yeah. they now are in a cycle where they have to keep paying guys. Like the Udonis yeah. Haslam taking up a roster spot makes no sense. Which makes I guess no. makes all the sense in the world, but also makes no sense. Like yeah, talking about a guy sense. that doesn't. Des- I mean, it's hard to say doesn't deserve a roster spot because that's exactly why he has one because he does deserve it. But from a basketball perspective, I mean, it's just tough. it makes no sense in the. To anyone outside of the team. Yeah. Like, if, if anyone's going, oh, okay, well, yeah, you guys had Nick Collison on the team for forever. Okay, I, I agree. Did not make any sense at the time. But that's where we're at with, like, Haslam. Like, yeah. I mean, does he make a ton of sense? Well, uh, I'm I'm just happy for that. I feel like we should just be happy about that 2020 run. I feel like Jimmy yeah. Butler got over the hump, and Jimmy Butler was immortalized by that 2020 run and nobody can ever like you can't talk down on jimmy butler anymore jimmy butler is immortalized from that like an alan iverson-esque run to the finals right that's that's true and that's okay if that's that's okay if that's it you know all right well because the nba power rankings at least the last one they did um i mean yeah bucks one suns two Cavs three Blazers four, so they're they're with you on the Blazers there, of yeah. course. Celtics five, who got downgraded, I guess, and then Jazz six. 
What what one team are you most shocked that's gotten off to the best start? Is it just the Jazz? Ooh, let's see. I mean, I think it's, oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's definitely got to be the Jazz, right? I feel like if you look at, I think I had it pulled up before. I know you literally just said it, but the the rankings are are all messed up right now. It's like this, the Spurs uh, being 500, I feel like is crazy. Uh, talk about a lack of of roster talent uh, on the San Antonio Spurs, which I'm excited for as a Thunder fan. Like bad teams being good is is more when Biyama points for <laughs> us, honestly. So I I feel like the Spurs being good. Who else? Let's see. What about you? What's your take here? I I'm shocked that the Kings haven't been better. Mm. Three and five, we're eight games in for them. It's not that much, etc. But I just. If the Kings win 35 games this year, I'd be shocked, which I think is their over-under from, we'll stick a different podcast on it, but a team with Darren Fox, Sabonis, and then just a bunch of guys. Mm-hmm. It's, it's shocking to me that they aren't. Yeah. Harrison Barnes, I frequently forget he's like only 30. You know, mm-hmm. he's been in the league, seems like, for forever. And I mean, 10 plus years probably. But Davion Mitchell is, you know, 24, eight, Keegan Murray, I feel like he'll be really good, but he's 22. So, it, it, to me, it's the Kings haven't gotten off to a Because the Kings, if they're going to be good at some point, they have to show some promise, and they're sure. just not. Yeah, the Kings, unfortunately, they, they're like the butt of the jokes for a lot of like how to mismanage a franchise, but... Man, yeah. If you're not gonna show, if you're not gonna show flashes now, like, oh, that's a tough, that's a tough like middle road where you're like your future isn't as bright as a whole bunch of other teams, and you haven't really done anything. And also, it's like De'Aaron Fox is great, but is De'Aaron De'Aaron Fox? I think has almost passed his timeline for being that guy, right? Yeah. It's like, I feel like we're kind of over. Oh, De'Aaron Fox is going to eventually be that guy. Like. Oh, De'Aaron Fox is great, but he's not. Yeah, he's he's not. He's not gonna be the guy. What sets the Kings apart from any other team is that if the Thunder have the number two overall draft pick and could have picked Luca, they would have, mm-hmm. regardless of what the pre-draft and you know, oh, this team's just you know whatever stuff is going on with the Kings, right? Like they would have drafted no matter what Luca and the Kings. Honestly, they drafted Marvin Bagley. They should have drafted Luca because if they draft yeah. if they draft Luca and Luca's like I'm not playing for you guys I'm never coming over I'm not going to come over this year and you basically lose your second overall draft pick okay well Marvin Bagley like I mean did that do anything <laughs> yeah. for you like did that yeah. did Marvin Bagley like did it really like, do anything we were talking about earlier kind of on the off the recording it's like used to be it's like oh what. Okay, there's this 18 year old kid in the Euro League. That's mm-hmm. the Euro League MVP. It's like now looking back because of Luca, it's like you would never pass that that guy up. It's like it's impossible to think that you would draft Marvin Marvin Bagley over a teenager that has is dominating the second best league uh, in the world. But definitely back then, it's like it's a thought, and I think the Thunder. That's just like. Uh, the fact that it's not even a question that the Thunder would have taken Luca is kind of a testament to oh Sam Presti is is an absolute weapon with draft picks right he doesn't really there's not a lot of misses uh, that Sam Presti has when when making draft picks. Why do you think the Thunder get more crap on on you know get crapped on more than like the Rockets and I mean that oh for Pistons. the tank for, for oh yeah yeah or or 
and yeah, the Kings or just insert X team here who's also magic, yeah, who's tanking, and it's it's obvious. But the Thunder get more crap about it. It seems at least maybe it's just because I'm a Thunder fan and everyone actually gets a bunch of crap and I don't hear it. But why I, why do you think it's that way? I think maybe it's almost. I think maybe it's almost because it's like, how many draft picks do you want, Sam, right? It's like, what is the, of course, from our perspective, it's like, there's there's 20 first rounders, 30 first rounders, and then there's the, okay, I need Evan Mobley, right? I need, mm. I need Cade Cunningham. I need Victor Wembanyama. That's like, we can stockpile draft picks, but there's no, like, Sam Presti could package together 10 first rounders, and whoever has Victor Wembanyama is not taking 10 first rounders for Victor Wembanyama. No chance, right? So like there's this thought that I think that's like, Sam, bro, like what you have you have like 20 generations of like middle schoolers to draft, and you're still tanking for more draft picks. But from my perspective, it's like I I would sell the house for Victor Wembanyama. There's just the chance of getting Victor Wembanyama for sure. Well, so so here's the thunder question. If Chet was healthy, would this team still be tanking? See, I feel like that's at odds. We're almost too... I mean, talk about teams that are overachieving. I think Thunder right there, four and five for this Thunder team. It's like on pace to be 500, like almost 500 is is not... Is, is the opposite of tanking. That's a, bad, that's a bad outcome as Thunder fans if we win 38 games this season. Yeah, if we get anywhere close to 500, it's a bad outcome. Because yeah. this is a, as a Thunder fan, this is like a no-brainer, free-to-tank year. This like, is the like generational all, like all, all of This yeah. is a generational guy. The guy who can get drafted second, also generational. But by far and away, you have an excuse built in. Like, mm-hmm. your, your number two overall pick last year, who would, if he was healthy, yeah. make it where it'd be really tough to tell everyone, you know, Something right. Yeah. Instead, it's like, oh well. One more year. Sit it one out. More, one Sit more it year. Out. Like, one all right, year. we have a built-in excuse. Like, why not? Why not wait? Why not? Because the Victor the Victor guy, listen. Like every single NBA team, as we talked about earlier, is going to go after this guy. Like, I mean, I think there's a good chance that 10, 10 teams, a third of the league, will hardcore after the trade deadline go. All right, our G League guys are going to get some run. Our second, third string guys, Shane Starp's going to, I mean, for example, just with the Trailblazers, because we were just talking about him, oh, he's yeah. going to start every game instead. You know, we're going to have some just crazy things where like Lindy Waters is going to be seeing like 38 minutes a game, just really putting him out there. And just Josh Giddy and Shea and others like play a lot, Jang. but not I the want Usme Jang to, yeah. to be running as many minutes as possible. Not that oh. he's going to be not, I he think he's an amazing prospect, but I want him. If he's tanking, I want Poku out there. Now, Poku's, Poku showed flashes of being very good now, actually. But, uh, you know, our tank commanders, Baisley, I want them out there. I want... Any guy who... Could, yeah, Baisley's not signed in the next year. We didn't pick up his <laughs> option or, or follow that up. Yeah, I, I want every guy. But I think that's what we're going to see. Is like a third of the league go, we're going to go after Victor. And yeah. the, at that point, you're getting on the Thunder's case because a third of the league is like going after, like, you got to get a break. The Thunder have been in the playoffs more recently than some of these teams. Oh, yeah. Thunder have... Thunder, even when we're tanking, I feel like it's very watchable basketball. There's some, there's a lot of teams that play, like, a really unwatchable brand of basketball. And 
And even when the Thunder are bad, I feel like we're still in a lot of these. Even when we have a really bad record, I feel like we're in a lot of these games. Like, Thunder don't get blown out. I don't know if that's actually true, but it's, I feel like watching the Thunder, we I don't expect a blowout whenever I go watch the Thunder play. Yeah, th- there's part of me that's very excited to see a Thunder team, like, go go off, right? Just, okay, when are we going to hit the draft? And when are we going to hit the basically the pedal of the metal? When are we going to go... Mm-hmm. Okay, let's just screw it. it. Let's just go for it. Like all out. What are we doing? Why have we not decided to go full out all and before? And it's like, well, we could have, but Chet. We could have, but SGA last year. Giddy. What? Like whatever you want to believe. As far as those guys getting injured, it still is at least something we're all thinking about. You know, I mean, we're all like, well, okay, but there is an excuse there. And then the Thunder get in trouble for reporting like mm-hmm. the wrong things the other night and all type of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, okay, but but really, like, yeah, got Mark Dagnall like trying to give as much information as he can without giving too much, and then all of a sudden he does give too much, and then that's we're kind of, eh. I feel like me if you're the Thunder, block out the noise. I want to sit down. I'm Sam Presti. I want to sit down SGA. That's like my biggest thing. Like, hey. Let's do this for one more year, regardless of, of how this draft turns out, when Binyama, Scoot, whatever, right? Next year, we're going to play good basketball for the foreseeable future, starting next year, right? Like, let's phone it in this year. Like, let's let's let the, the like, everyone age out, essentially. The post, let's start fresh in the post-LeBron era of the NBA, right? Let's start, like, next year, I promise you, we're going to go for it. Like, it's going to be tough this year whenever you're one of the premier bucket getters in the league sitting on the shelf. Um, but if I can get you to buy into this, like, this, the, f- the future here in Oklahoma City is really bright. It, it is. And I, I think maybe that's where we where we kind of try to end it out here is how many years from now do you think the Thunder like are perennial playoff contenders? Because that I'm, because I think after this year, I think you're right. After this year, it's like, okay, you have draft capital, but it's time to go. Like SGL be 25, which he's not, I mean, we're busted in here. It's like almost 30. Like that's not old. We know that, but 25, like, all right, got 10 years yeah. before his kind of prime theoretically would be yeah. over at 35 like you're not in your prime anymore no matter what so let's let's go but what's the what's the thunder like i feel like it's it's like the rational thing is okay chet's gonna need chet's gonna need to be a huge part of this right and chet's gonna need to pan out in order for us to be perennial playoff contenders right like as constructed if chet isn't who we think he is i don't think we're getting there regardless of how good or SGA is or giddy is. Um, so I feel like you gotta, right. Like you gotta build in a couple of years for Chet to develop. And then right at the end of the day, like how, where's SGA given, okay, this one year for Chet to recover a couple of years for Chet to develop. Okay. In three years, how happy, where's SGA developmentally? And then how happy is SGA development? Is SGA really like that guy that you're saying he's, he can be one a in three to four years. Then I think we're looking good at that point, but that's like a lot of what ifs that, that is, I think this is the biggest part of it. Yeah. Is there's how good will Chet be? Mm-hmm. There's anyone I talk to who is not a Thunder fan who's lives out here and has either played basketball growing up or has an opinion of Chet either way is going 
I think he's really good, but I don't think he's an all-star. Like, yeah. I think he's, like, a guy who could be in the defensive player of the year running, but never be, like, but in the running for it, but not be an all-star at the yeah. same point. You know, he could be that guy who's getting a bunch of blocks, has a bunch of weird step-out threes, but basically the line here is, is that is Chet a generational talent, or is he, like, a... 200% of Poku, right? Like Poku, right. but just amped all the way up to 11. Let me put it this way. Without like, excuse, without what, mistakes too. How big is the just the value? Not like how good they are, obviously. What's the value gap between an Evan Mobley and a Chet Holmgren? Like Ooh. Chet Holmgren and how many first rounders to gets get you Evan? And Evan Mobley? There's no number. But is no. it the other... Or I, oh, I think, I think, the there's, I think there's I think there's Thunder fans who are looking Whoa. at you like, dude, would you... What if you... Because before Chet got injured, this guy was the this guy was the limit on Chet. It was in any interview you hear about Chet playing is oh my gosh, this guy was going at this guy was guarding yeah. this guy. This guy was I mean you have the viral clip of Chet stealing the ball from Steph Curry For at sure. a camp. Yeah. Like Steph Curry may have been just chilling out, not been fully engaged, whatever. But the, but thought like, is the mobility, it's, it's, a guy, it's the, a guy yeah. at that level with that kind of mobility is crazy. I mean, Chet got injured guarding LeBron James on a dunk. Like, it's not like he got injured guarding Chris Paul on a, you know, yeah. I mean, it, uh, he's not like he got injured going up against maybe the most physically talented guy we've ever seen play basketball. Well, besides Giannis, I guess. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I could, at least in this like generation of being able to watch basketball day to day. But, like, Chet got injured against LeBron. Like, that was the, oh, what are we... If, if anyone could say, I think Chet will get injured, how do you think he'll get injured? It'll be like, probably contesting LeBron James dunk. I guess the follow-up question is, so Cleveland straight up today asked Sam Presti, hey, I'll give you Evan Mobley straight up for Chet Holmgren. Oh, Who, I, I, who says I, no? I... I, I don't think Cleveland would... I don't right think now, Cleveland does that. Because the injury. Okay. Because... Okay, okay. Because... I'm just your sure. questions. Your question's incredible because of two things. One, going into this year's draft, if it was, hey, I'll trade you Evan Mobley right now for Chet straight up. You think I no? don't know if Cle I don't know if Cleveland is like, uh, well, no, we're good. We'll keep him. Mm -hmm. I think Cleveland thinks about it mm -hmm. before he gets injured. But that's because the second part of it is every single NBA talk show, every Every podcast, the ones that I was doing about Chet, whatever, of, oh, who should the Thunder draft? Who should the Thunder take? If they get the first overall pick, should they take Chet? Should they take Jabari? Should they take Paolo? Like, all of these conversations were all centered around, they should take Chet, but be worried if he gets injured. Mm -hmm. And now he's injured. Now he's injured. So that's the other, that's the second part yeah. of it, of, I think Cleveland would go, yeah, but you got, send us a first and second, you know, or whatever. Yeah. I think Cleveland would go, we might think about taking Chet, in this trade for Evan Mobley, but we're not going to, like, at this point, I think Cleveland doesn't talk about it. They're for not. Sure. They'd have to go, yeah, let's see Chet win Rookie of the Year next year, or, okay, but Chet's got to play in half a season where he plays in, because guy was never injured until this thing. Yeah. And that's I, what's... Uh, I think it's a big, and even, like, going forward, we're kind of, like, glossing over it, because it's like, oh, we're going to assume Chet Holmgren is going to be healthy for his... For the foreseeable future after he gets over this Liz Frank injury, which is definitely not uh definitely not promised. But but I mean, I feel like there's just so much variability. Like there's a million things that can go wrong in your quest to become a playoff contending 
team and okay chet has the highest ceiling but he's injury prone it's like okay in, injuries can happen to anyone I, i'm gonna take the guy that has the highest ceiling over uh, jabari kind of every time if you're drafting right because jabari jabari is like the thought is okay he's gonna be a perennial like the switchable defender knock down three every team is gonna need a jabari right um but man the 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 thought of what chet can be is crazy like Dominant on both ends of the floor, really changed the game on both ends of the floor is is just like so invaluable, I feel. Well, maybe this is the bigger question. In your mind, what is Chet's peak? Is he like as far as a, a player getting like because I don't want to go in the team necessarily aspect. If is Chet a MVP candidate? Is he a uh first, second, third team all NBA? Is he a perennial all-star? What like what is what is Chet's absolute, okay, I, the best he'll ever be for a single year is he will win this award, basically. I feel like if Chet, I don't even know, I feel like if Chet can be close to what, see, I don't know if this sounds crazy, but if he if he can be close to what maybe like an AD was mm. or what we thought AD was going to be affecting the game on both ends of the floor, but I feel like that's the other thing about Chet. It's like, it's a tough comparison, right? It's like a tough, like Jabari, you can have a million uh, comparisons for him. It's like, who, who, who's Chet, who's Chet's NBA comparison? It's like, Oh, AD, is that, is that a really good NBA comparison? I don't know. But it's like, as far as a guy that it's like, Oh man, this guy's destroying me. This guy's cleaning everything on defense and he's just a wall on defense. And then you come down and he splashes a three in your face, you know, in, in an opportune moment. And that's, that's just demoralizing, you know? I think personally, if I have to like put a stamp on it, I think Chet's like second team All NBA is the best he ever is. Like I think I I, I think that's fine. And right. and that's a right now, of course, the guy's injured. Yeah, we all were hoping he would never get injured, but did. And so you're always kind of in the back of your mind now. Like if he never gets, if he's not injured, is he plays this whole season, then maybe we do hit the gas pedal all the way to the floor, and we're like, f it, we got draft picks for the next however yeah. many years. We have ways of getting out of something if something goes bad, but we're not going to be tanking for Victor. Like, I, it's a possibility. I think there are enough Thunder fans who are like, oh, we should have won the game last night against the Bucks because they sat Giannis. The Bucks come off a back-to-back. But then any Thunder fan who's like, I think even my perspective, it's like, no, it's great they lost. Like, it, yeah. it's, okay, oh, yeah. I, I know, but it's great they lost. Like, no one, not everyone looked great, but it's, it's great they lost. So when you think about all that, I think Chet's, Best possible ceiling right now today is like second team All NBA, which to most people is going to seem crazy. Obviously, one of the top ten, yeah, like a top that's, ten. That's like seven, league, eight years right? from now. Yeah, yeah, that's when he's like twenty eight. You know, but I also think, man, if if Chet's ceiling is a, is second team, like the best we could ever imagine for Chet Holmgren is second team All NBA. Then I feel like the it makes it almost easier to be like, okay, you gotta go for Victor Wembanyama because what is Victor Wembanyama? There's no ceiling to what Victor Wembanyama could be, right? You would never yeah. put, oh, the the ceiling for Victor Wembanyama is second team All NBA. Well, and and Victor is one of those guys where he, he he right now, if someone's like, if someone's asking the same question about Victor, it's MVP. I think yeah. that's I think especially could be. Guy hit a one-legged step-back three-pointer, and, and the competition's not calculable, mm-hmm. right? Like Victor, if Victor Wembanyama was able to play in the NCAA, then we 
would I would feel better about an understanding of how good he is. Sure. That's not saying I don't think he's going to be good, period, or he's going to be like the best player mm-hmm. ever. I'm just saying I watch more college basketball than I watch European, like EuroLeague mm-hmm. or whatever. He plays for the Adelaide 60, or 36ers or whatever. No, he doesn't play. The Adelaide's one of the good he plays for. But he plays for like it's the 92s, Mets Met right. 92 or yeah. whatever. I don't know how to calculate if that, is that the same like Jeffrey Carroll, Supposedly, who like a former Oklahoma State guy? Yeah. Jawan Evans, who's played overseas. Like these guys who play overseas, it's so hard to figure out. Okay. And then you, I watched him play the G League at night in Scoot and Henderson games. Yeah. And like Scoot Henderson didn't play the second half, but it was just clear in a way everyone around Victor is not as it's good as he bad. is by yeah. far and away. Like he is by far and away good. But Victor Wamiyama will go number one overall next year. It, I don't know what it would take for him to not go number one overall. But at the same point, right now, Victor plays LeBron one-on-one. Who's winning? Oh, everyone's saying Victor, right? Okay, cool. All right, yeah, guys, seven foot four and can shoot threes and probably go around LeBron. Okay, all right, cool. I mean, he's a, I mean, he's larger. He's six inches taller than LeBron, no matter what you want to say of any calculations you find about how tall either guy is. But, like, what point do you go... Oh no, he's not beating Yon. Like, is he is he beating Giannis one on one? I feel like he's not beating LeBron one on one. Okay, yeah, all right, right. Like that's, that's I think it. that's fair. Yeah, I feel like LeBron is. I feel like LeBron's still like Victor's still a kid, right? It's like he. I feel like any like okay, he's in bad competition, but him just showing flashes. He doesn't even need to be consistent at this point. He doesn't even need to be great at this point, right? It's like. That guy that's that tall, that's showing that skill set at that age is the greatest prospect thing we've ever seen in basketball, maybe, right? So it's like, that's enough for me to mortgage the future of my franchise, of my billion dollar franchise. I just want to, I just want a tiny chance at getting this guy. Yeah. I I don't think anyone's going to push back against you. Yeah. I, I, what I'd say about Victor and what I'd be most concerned about drafting Victor besides injuries is that he comes into the league and all of a sudden all the stuff that works out for him so good because he's seven foot four for sure goes down a little bit yeah. it's like and and not not a massive amount but all of a yeah. sudden it just throws him off his game yeah Ben Simmons should have dominated college basketball and should have been close but he couldn't shoot and mm-hmm. he still can't so it's different Victor can shoot I'm not trying to draw comparisons between the two guys because clearly that's just a horrible comparison but there are guys who have been in college overseas who came over and just did not pan out. And it's like, oh, they weren't fast enough. Oh, they weren't mm-hmm. quick enough. Oh, they didn't have the greatest handles. Oh, they didn't have whatever. But it's Chet had all of it in college. Yeah. All of it. Almost to win the whole thing. Yeah. If Victor just right now is playing for Gonzaga and you know, they just add him to the roster... I think Gonzaga's winning the title, mm-hmm. but I also go, well, how physical are these other teams? Like, I, I get it. You're a league. They're physical guys who are 30 years old, who are 40-year-old vets, who have been playing the league for a while. That's what you want. You want the physicality. But all right, the guy's 7'4". Like, I, I don't know how. Mm-hmm. I mean, it comes back to the same idea, at least in my mind, of, like, how you guys compare guys. Of the, It's kind of like the Brian Scott Brady quote of, Ryan Scalabrini is way closer to LeBron James in ability to play basketball than you and I will ever be to Brian Scalabrini, right? Like, For sure. ever. I think the same thing about, like, okay, I'm 
I'm never going to be as good as basketball as like somebody who played D2 basketball. Like I'm just, mm -hmm. I'm just not, I'm 29. The time is not on my side to get better than someone who's division two. If they stop playing today and in a year from now, we For go sure. play pickup. The gap. They're, they're still going to, too big. I, I mean, I, I make the joke several times, like during COVID when I play basketball against Walter, Walter and I are not this, like we're the same height. Walter and I are not the same size physically. I've lost some weight. And to that point, Walter still would just give me, like when he wanted to get a bucket. For sure. It would take all of it and more for me to shut him down. Now it's a little bit better because I played for like a year, two plus, but it's it's that kind of thinking. Like how good is Vic, how good are these guys Victor's playing against? Like is he playing against? I, okay, so here's my maybe hot take. I almost think it doesn't matter, right? Yeah. I almost think you take, you take, okay, what's this guy's, like if the problem is strength, say I always go like, you see, it's so funny seeing like, I see clips of like Kenny Lofton just beating up on, there's there's clips of Kenny Lofton beating up on Chet and being like, oh, Chet's not gonna be able to compete in this league. There's I saw a clip of Kenny Lofton beating up on Victor Wembanyama. Victor Wembanyama is not gonna be able to compete in this league physically, right? But it's like, Kenny Lofton does that to every single dude and the league doesn't lean that way anymore. There's not just punishing post players that will just physically outmuscle. Like they don't, we don't have to play the shacks anymore. You know, that's yeah. not the way the league is going. I almost, almost like the comparison I think of it just cause for us, we just watch so much Kevin Durant, like young Kevin Durant. It's like, think about Kevin Durant coming to this league and people are like, oh, he's gonna have to bulk up. Kevin Durant's gonna have to get big. It's like Kevin Durant doesn't have to get big. Like the only thing that Kevin Durant had to do that really changed his game was get strong enough to get to his spots. Like people used to push him off of his spots. He can't get to his kill spots on the floor. So it's like, you just got to get in the gym that people can't push you off your kill spots. Cause Victor Wembanyama is going to have the skill that if he can get to his spots, he's going to absolutely dominate you on both ends of the floor. Uh, so I, I almost think it, it really doesn't matter. This guy at this, and, and also going back to Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant, had some of the slowest feet I've ever seen, but his wingspan was just so crazy that defensively, that's the cheat code, right? He'll just reach over you. He'll he's like out of position, but he'll get a good contest on your shot just because he's so, or he'll be in passing lanes. Uh, he'll he'll get a good contest just because he was so lanky. And Victor Wembanyama is is the Kevin Durant version of Kevin Durant just physically, right? And and I and for anyone thinking Victor will be that guy for forever. It has to be because he's so tall, he'll be able to his spot. Yeah. No one will, he'll, you'll never not be able to get it. Like KD, people push him off his spot because he's the same height as LeBron or whoever mm -hmm. you want, insert X guy. I think that's the thing with Victor. It's like Victor's so much bigger physically, you'll never be able to get him off yeah. his spot. He's got, I mean, I don't know if eight feet wingspan is honestly normal yeah. now or whatever, <laughs> you know I mean? Like, it's just when the guy actually does measure for the combine, he all those guys measure in shoes. Yeah. And he might measure seven six. I mean, it's it's possible. And uh Yeah, I don't care if he I don't care if Victor Wembyama I don't care if he's got slow feet. I don't care if he's not put I don't know if he's I don't care if he's not benching plates, you know, it's like that almost doesn't matter as okay, can he get to his spots? Um 
and and then you're just done for. The man's seven six, and he's he's got to kill. Not only seven six, he's he's got a skill set better than the guy that's defending him. It's just it's game over. All right. Well, well, clearly I got to have you on another podcast here. So maybe maybe a month from now. This is great. I think we ran over probably. We we went over a little bit, but of course, got to have you back on. Got to get anyone else from the Klassen family as well on too. Um, do you have any like last second, like, all right, I think you said bucks, bucks to win it all. Oh, bucks. Oh, I think that that NBA championship just, just safe money. You got to be honest from now until forever, I think is safe NBA money betting. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say warriors. I'm going to say if I, if I, if I had to put down money, Warriors repeat. That's probably what I would want to see, honestly. I'm now that we don't have a whole bunch of chips in, in the pot now, yeah. I want to see Steph Curry kind of just cement this. I want to see Steph Curry just like torch the earth yeah. with threes. Exactly. And it looks like he might have to do that. So TBD. Well, Oliver, of course. Awesome. Thanks for Thank joining. You Anything you want to shout out at all? No, I'm yeah. good. I appreciate you. Good? All you right. Guys. All right. Well, please follow at the CJ Tour on Twitter and Instagram for more. And as always, we'll catch you guys again soon. Peace. Peace.